Well, Casey ended up not going to work that day for fear that I might want to repeat my attempt to kill myself. Anyway, we stayed, we talked. She called the office, first of all, and gave them some kind of feeble tale about some stomach or so. I don't know what her story was, but I just knew that she spent the day with me. We got talking. I told her my worries. I, told, I, I, I wanted to know, like, how did she get over it, you know? I asked her, like, how did you move on? After going through what you did, how are you able to just pick up the pieces and have a life that you have right now? And she was like, hmm, it wasn't easy. I felt everyone that saw me judged me. I felt everyone that met me automatically knew about my story and judged me. So I became a, a one-man island, if you like put it that way like i didn't have friends i didn't want to make friends i was lonely i was i i wanted to meet people but my fear of being judged like like my situation or my 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 past was pasted on my face i don't know why i thought so well i was just too scared to do anything so i, I was by myself for a long time and when i finally got into school nursing school i just focused on my studies i had some classmates that i talked to once a while we talk we do assignment group work and all that but i never really got a you know know how people got besties and cool best friends i never had that and i don't regret it though however sometimes i wish i did because i miss that I lost a lot of my innocence, my youth, and I wanted a bit of it back, but I guess I felt it was too late. But um, while in school, I joined the school fellowship, and that was my life. I would go to class. When I'm bored, I go to church. Even if I was just going just so that I'd be around people, not because I wanted to pray to God, because I was really angry with God for a long time. I felt he deserted me. He just allowed me to go through what I went through and didn't even find the way to get me out of it. I felt I got myself out of it, which was not true, actually. Because if God wasn't with me, I don't think I would have been able to. If God didn't let me go through what I did or have that scare that I was going to die from the last abortion, I don't think I would have. I think I would have still been in that life. You know, so yeah, but it took me a while to get to that point. So I would go to church. I would just sit down when the pastor is preaching. I'm just like staring at him. I'm not getting anything. I'm not listening. When church is over, I go home. But then, I guess people started noticing me in church. I don't talk. I just come in, sit at the back, and go. But one day, this preacher came to preach our church in the school church and he was preaching about forgiveness i would never forget that day because i think that was the day i turned my life around he he said forgiveness is not for whoever hurts you 
when you feel when someone hurts you so bad and you forgive it's not because of that person it's for yourself in order for you to move on not for you to feel at peace you need to forgive for the sake of your health if not for any other reason he went along to explain yeah when you are angry when you are so angry you have hate in your heart it takes a lot of energy from you a lot of energy you find yourself when you think of that person you are stressed you're angry you just want to you know keep being mad at that person or do something but you you can't do anything but then you find out that when you're not thinking about, about that person when you don't have any reason to see that person you are you're good you're at peace you're not sad and you don't feel as stressed as you would have if you know you were still angry but anyway what the, the word that stuck out to me was that forgiving forgiveness was not for my offender it was for me it was whoever has hurt me and i'm like oh i'm i'm, I'm mad at a lot of people so where do I begin with this forgiveness thing? You know, I was I I had I hated my mom, uh, late mom. I hated my dad. I hated everybody in my past. For my parents, especially my mom, for lying to me all those years. My stepdad for pretending to care about me and using me as his own. I don't know, being a pimp or something. How do I put it? His own call girl. Trading, selling me out to whoever wanted me for sex, for money. That really hurts. Really, really hurt. But I'm like, how do I forgive this man without forgetting? As in, because it's, okay, what is forgiveness without forgetting? You know, like, I want to forgive, but I can't forget. So they are the same thing. But I, on, I, that day, I did something I'd never done before. I went after the preacher. After service, I waited. I said, that my pastor, for some reason, decided to let them give me audience. Because I'm not one to talk. When the pastor was preaching, I had to hold myself not to ask him questions right there. But I wanted to clarify this. So I, I found a way to meet him after service and we got talking. His name is Paul. Pastor Paul. He was a new preacher. I can never forget him. I haven't seen him again ever since then, but I do remember him. And he explained things to me. He told me, look, you don't have to forget. As long as you, when you forgive, you consciously rid yourself of that bitterness that you feel towards that person. Even though you remember the pain, you you don't forget the pain. You still, you, you're not as mad as you were after a while. You just feel like, you know what? I might not forget. And that would be help. That, that would be like a way to help me be more cautious. But I forgive. Just, it's very simple. Just say it. You forgive. I forgive. And that was... I was like, just like that, I said, yeah, because 
if God can forgive us our sins, like what makes you think? How do you know God has forgiven me? He was like, girl, the fact that you are here right now, it shows that God has forgiven you. It means that there's something pulling you here. The fact that you're asking me this question, you know in your heart that God has forgiven you. But you need to forgive yourself first of all. Oh, I cried that day. He didn't understand why I was crying. But he just listened. Just kept quiet and left me to cry. He prayed with me. Gave me some verses to read. And, well, that was it. So when I got home, I started trying to read up about forgiveness. You know. I read about the parable of, you know, the the man who wouldn't forgive his neighbor but came to ask the master for forgiveness. You know, and ended up suffering for it. So many things I just I decided that day, like, you know what? I looked myself in the mirror. Literally, I stood in front of a mirror. I looked at myself for a long time and I said, I forgive you. I forgave myself. And that helped me to forgive my father or not father. Helped me to forgive my late mom. I guess she didn't think it was necessary to keep that kind of information. Tell me that who my father was because she felt, you know, I already had one. So a lot of things started moving forward for me. So I got more involved in church. But I was still reserved when I come to church. But I, I was more, I listened more. I wanted to learn more about God. I wanted to have a relationship with him. I felt maybe me and God need to start on a new page. You know, I forgive myself. I know he's forgiven me. Now let's have a relationship. So that was my, that was what helped me to move on. You know? And yeah, a lot of people had a lot of things to say. Sometimes I would bump into someone who knows me from somewhere. You know, it might be an old client who has seen me, who has slept with. Like there was one incident after graduation, I, my school fellowship had a church. So I couldn't, I wasn't going to school fellowship anymore because I had graduated. So I decided to go to the main church. And when I went there, lo and behold, a minister and it's in the church was one of one of my clients, former client. I'm like, huh? You don't mean it? Yeah. Well, I'm not judging him. He was my client. I guess he wasn't married. I don't know his story. I didn't care to find out. I just know that he, when I saw him at that church again, he was married with a wife and some grown-up kids. Not too grown, but like six, seven years old. If I would guess, he was so uncomfortable, you know, seeing me. And I didn't really care. But I guess the way I felt that the husband was weird around me or seeing me because she noticed something and she was just being rude and mean to me. She just disliked me, you know. And her dislike, like, and the way she disliked me made other people to start disliking me for no reason. I just didn't like the atmosphere anymore, so I left the church. Instead of going to this one I went to, I just started this church. And one day, 
I I decided, okay, God, I want to work for you, but I don't want to do choir or any of those things that will bring me out. I'm like, you know, I started thinking on what to do for God, how to atone for myself. I felt I needed to atone for my sin, even if I knew God had forgiven me, but I need to atone. And, well, I'll come in on a Friday, on a Friday or Saturday, just before church, before main service. Any any day I know they're going to come in in the evening, I'll go to the toilet and I'll wash it. Not because of anything. I just felt that was the only place I felt I belong, I should be because of how filthy I felt. I felt I was too filthy to be in the main church. That I wasn't meant to be touching anything that belongs to God, any sacred thing in church. Just the toilet was fit for a trash like me. And that's what I did. Nobody knew who was always going in to clean the toilet. But I was just doing it, not because I wanted attention anymore. It was just my healing process as well. Well, I've, I've moved, I'm happy about where I am. Some days I have regrets, I have pains, I cry. I, I can't have kids. I don't think any man will want to marry me. But that's a hurdle I will cross when the time comes. And when I, when I heard Casey talk about these things, I felt I felt like, wow, I'm, my case is not as bad as hers. But mm, what if what if I take out this child and I lose my womb too? Or, you know, love thought. Come on, I was nineteen by this time. I had a lot of things going through my head. Anyway, I told Casey that, do you think abortion is a good plan? She was like, I wouldn't want you to do that. But it's your call. You decide. If I had to turn back the hands of time, at least I would have kept the last pregnancy. If I knew that that was going to be the last time I would ever carry a child. So I had a lot to think about anyway. So she... Later went to Arusha, moved on with our daily activity. And I kept delaying because I couldn't make a decision. Should I abort the baby? Should I keep the baby? But it was the baby. I didn't want to get attached to it. I didn't want to love it. I didn't want anything to do with this baby. I was still thinking and I was there thinking. And I finished my first trimester. I entered my second trimester. I entered... Middle of my second trimester. And Casey came to me wondering, like, you know you are f- too far along right now to do anything about this pregnancy, right? I'm like, I know. So what are you going to do? Like, are you going to raise it? Because I used the word eat because I didn't want to know the sex either. And I've not even... I registered for internet but I wasn't regular. <laughs> because... I just didn't care. I guess one part of me still wanted to die, but I didn't want to say it. So, <clears throat> I didn't want to know the baby's name. I didn't want to know the baby's sex or anything. But I found out that the, the more my my stomach grew, the more I was falling in love with this baby that was growing inside of me. 
I was protective of myself. I'll wake up in the morning. I'll clean myself. I'll, I'll just spend time in the mirror looking at my bump. Even when the baby started moving. It was both scary and exciting for me. Like, this feeling that I'm growing a human being inside of me. I, w- I thought I would be hating this child and hating myself as the belly grew. But no, I was loving this baby. And I couldn't explain why. But I, 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 even if I knew that, I couldn't take care of a child. But I was like, Casey, I can't take care of a child. What Should I give him up for absorption? And Casey was like, well, if you want to. I'm, and I'm like, would you like to adopt him or her? And Casey looked at me like, I said, well, I, I, I'm not trying to insult you, but since you said you can't have kids, maybe you adopt a child. Okay, so like, I've not thought of it, but I think, yeah, I, I would love that. And, well, that was the plan. I'll have the baby, and Casey will be the mother. And I'll just be some honorary auntie. Maybe one day I'll tell the baby that, about the truth, about who I really am. Anyway, I was advancing in the pregnancy. Things were going well. I followed, I started following Casey to church. We would clean the toilet together. We would just do God's work. I started learning, trying to learn to, you know, love myself. Even though the most crit, the most critics I got or criticism I got were from people in the church. You know, you know the look of all those elderly women, like how oh, this young girl pregnant. They don't say it. Even sometimes when I'm passing by. I could hear people say, hey, that's her, that's the girl, that's my girl. They're already eating what I'm, her mother's age is eating. The children of nowadays, eh, what are they in a hurry for? The first time someone said that behind my back, I was sitting down in front of them in church. And I could hear everything they were saying. And I just started crying. I guess people thought I was crying because I was filled with the Holy Spirit. The service was going on, but no. I was crying because somebody that doesn't know me was judging me, calling me names. But the person didn't know my story. It hurts. But that day I was like, I didn't even stay to the end of service. I just left. In case he called me and like, what's going on? Where, where are you? I said, I'm at home. Then I told her what happened. She was like, look, that's just what it is. They will always talk. You just have to Ignore them. Move on. Stop trying to feel like you owe anybody an explanation. You don't. Like, you know, that helped me to be strong. That helped me a lot. And, well, I continued my life. I started taking my internet out seriously. You know, because I was really, I was loving this baby. Doing everything I should do. And then, one day, I was sleeping and I was around seven months pregnant that time. And while I was sleeping, I felt this sharp pain that I've never felt before in my life. And I woke up, if I, I screamed myself awake. I was screaming, I was crying. I was shouting for Casey. Casey rushed into the room where I was sleeping. 
because when I tried to get up, I noticed I was bleeding. I'm like, Casey, the baby, something is wrong. Help me. I don't know what happened. I was sleeping. Maybe I slept on my on my stomach. Maybe I started wondering, did I sleep on my stomach? Did I? I was just panicking. Anyway, Casey got me. It carried me into her car and drove us to the hospital. On getting to the hospital, found out that the baby was dead. I had had a miscarriage at seven months. I cried. I cried much more than I even imagine. Like I felt the loss of that baby. I really did. It hurt me to my bones. Like I didn't. I was just crying. I, Casey was like, "It's okay." I'm like, "Is because I didn't want to keep it in the first place? Is that why God took him away?" He happened to be a boy. Is that why God took him away? I, but I said I was sorry. And look, I was gonna give the baby to you. And we're going to raise him together. And I was just crying. They, I wanted to see the baby. Casey was like, it's not advisable. Don't. I need to see him. They should meet that baby. I could just see his tiny body. It wasn't fully formed. Seven months. It was formed. They had the organs. You could tell it was a... A boy. You know, you could tell the features were there. But, you know, it wasn't, it was a preemie. I held this baby in my arms for, I don't know how long. And they helped me to, it came to take the baby from me. I don't know what they did with the baby. They told me they're going to give it, bury it and whatever. But I thought I would give the baby a name. So I named the baby Kosi Sochiko. Which means it's how God wanted it. You know, the plan of God, something like that. And I cried again, even after giving baby the name. I cried, Casey cried with me. But then I knew that, okay, now whatever was holding me back was no longer there. I didn't have a baby. I felt lost even after I came back from the hospital. As in days after I came out of the hospital, I was just in a in a daze. I couldn't um, put my thoughts together. I was lost. You know? So, I just sat down in my room all day, all night, crying, asking God why. What did I do wrong? I'm sorry. Did my my Negative thoughts killed this child. Did I sleep on the child? You know, I, it was very difficult for me to forgive myself this time around. And Casey kept trying to tell me that, look, it is the will of God. You cannot question it. And I was mad because why can't I question it? Like, why would God choose that? What's the, what, 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 who does he think he is? Why? I know he's God, but, you know, how can he put me through that and then take the baby away from me just as I was beginning to fall in love with the baby? That just is not fair. But I went full circle from anger, hate, sadness. And then I started crying for forgiveness again. Like, God, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sound so ungrateful. And, but, you know, maybe it's for the best. Well, when I got over all that, I was just by myself in, in my room when Casey called me like, 
can you come now to the living room? There's a news. I come and watch this um, new crime program that's going on. I'm like, I'm not in the mood to watch it. He said, come, there's this crime program that I think you'll find it interesting. So we sat down together. We're watching it. And guys, you won't believe. Lo and behold. The, thing, the program was this kind of program that they'll catch some kind of criminal and they'll parade, you know how Nigerian police will parade the criminal and they will talk, talk about, oh, this person is a thief, he stole this, and this person is a killer and he killed this person. However, there were like three criminals there and you won't believe who I saw right there. One of the criminals was my dear stepdaddy, Uncle Kinsley. Apparently, he was caught trying to defile a young girl, a five-year-old girl. Apparently, the story was that he has been molesting this child and the child told her mom that Uncle Kinsley has been touching her. And when the mom set a trap for, for him, he thought he was alone again and, well, he was caught red-handed with his hands in a cookie jar, if you get what I mean. And he was arrested. Well, that's not even how deep the story goes. The truth of the matter was eh, when I finally wrapped my head around it that, wait, this guy has been caught. So he has been, he kept doing this to other people. Like, this, my, this, my, and uh, Casey was like, this guy is a pedophile. Like, seriously. He, it wasn't bad enough that he almost died on the... He, he didn't... In my head, I was like, he didn't die. First and foremost, that was my first thought. Like, he didn't die. I didn't kill him. Like, I didn't know how to feel relieved or happy or grateful. But I, I was I was actually relieved that I, I, I didn't commit murder. Because that was the only reason why I left my house in the first place. That's the reason why I've never gone back home or tried to reach out to my parents, to my mother, especially. And it turned out he was alive. Before I started getting the whole story about him defiling someone. Anyway, long story short, I told Casey that that was Uncle Kingsley. Anyway. Casey couldn't when I told Casey that was Uncle Kinsley, Casey was like, well, well, that's, that's, that's good news. He's not dead. You, you can contact your mom now. You know, you can talk to her. I'm like, I was still scared. I'm like, but my mom never looked for me. What makes you think she would want to talk to me? She was like, what makes you think your mom never looked for you? Did she, did you check for any missing persons or stuff like that? I'm like, no. I said, then, don't you call just try to reach out guys when i tell you it was very difficult for me i didn't know if i should or shouldn't and i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna call her i decided to call my mom i still had a number all these years all these months i mean could just been less than nine months so I called mom. It rang the first time. There was no answer. I was like, ah, oh, nobody answered. Maybe she has changed on there. And Casey was like, call again. 
So I called. And she answered, hello. And my mommy. She's like, wait, Kaima, is this you? And my mom is me. She started shouting. I couldn't hear anything again from that moment. Like all I was hearing was, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. She was crying. Where are you? Where are you? I said, I mean, Abuja. She's like, Abu, how did you get to Abuja? Who do you know in Abuja? I said, mom, it's a long story. But like, I'm taking the next bus to Abuja tomorrow. I'm coming. In fact, I'm leaving this night. I said, no, 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 mommy, I will, co- I will come to Lagos. I said, no, don't worry, don't come. Just, I will come to Abuja. Give me your address. I was still trying to Casey collected the phone from me and greeted me, greeted my mom and gave her and introduced herself, told her who she was and all that. And then told her her address. So my mom said she was leaving Lagos and coming to Abuja that night. To tell you, I didn't sleep that night too because I knew I was going to see my mom the next morning. And a lot has changed. My body, a lot has changed with me. I, I wasn't the same I knew, but I was still the young girl, but I was not the same. So I'm, 19, how old am I? 19 years old. I've been out of my father. I left my mom how many months ago? I haven't seen her or spoken to her. How would she see me? You know? A lot of thoughts was going through my head. But that next morning, I was up as early as six. I didn't sleep, like I said. Six, I was awake. I'm just fidgeting. I'm taking my shower, dressed up. Because we, we had to go pick mom at the car park. She, she, I, I was just looking at my phone, waiting for the phone to ring. Kiss her, like, relax. Oh, this is your fidgeting that made me wake up. You're, you're going to drill a hole in this house, so... I was like, sorry, I didn't mean to wake you. Like, it's okay. It's all right. So, I, as I was still talking to Casey, the phone rang. It was mom. And she told me, as your mom was so happy to see me, she hugged me. And she didn't come alone. She came with the other two, my other two siblings. You know, my younger stepbrother and stepsister, they came together. And they were still, although they were still very young, but, you know, I was happy to see them. I hugged them. We cried. We talked. We couldn't talk for hours. We just cried. And then we sat down. And then I, mom, like, where did you, why did you leave? What happened? I said, what do you mean? I, and now told her the whole story. Oh, my, my mom said, I, my mom was rolling on the floor. She was wailing. She said, that was not what that man told me. Oh, Kingsley killed me. Oh, I said, what did he say? He told me that you, that an armed robber came to the house and they tried to kidnap you. And you, he tried to fight them off, but he couldn't fight them off. And you were scared, so you ran away. And that was it. That it was the androbas that stabbed him. I said, no, I was the one that stabbed him because he raped me. And I told her, he raped me. And then I said, cry. She's like, he raped you, yeah. I said, mommy, I, I, I got pregnant. She's like, what? Where's the baby? What happens? I told her everything. I got pregnant. And then I lost my baby just 
few days ago my mom was just crying she, she couldn't stop hugging me or holding me she was like Kisley wanted to start I started, I started, I, my, the neighbors were complaining that they've been hearing stories about Kinsley and touching their little daughters like some of their daughters will come and say mommy uncle Kinsley touched me here but when they come to quarrel with me about it I would think this was just full of lies and Kinsley would deny it they always have a good story. I'm so sorry I was so blind. I'm so sorry I never believed you, even when you tried to tell me all those time. Like, I was just so blind by, you know, the kind of security I got from having a man around. You know, mom just kept talking that she was sorry. And uh, it took, when when neighbors started coming to her to tell her to warn and leave my daughter, I don't ever touch my child or I'm going to call police. You know, the harassment was getting too much. And then one day, the younger sister here came and told me, Mommy, it's true. I said, what is true? She said, Kinsley always touch people. And me, we'll touch you where? She said, down there. I said, hey? Say, yes, when you are not at home, you tell me to come and sit on his leg. He, she called him daddy, so daddy will tell me to sit on his leg. And when I sit on his leg, he will put his hand inside my, my skirt. I'll be touching. Hey, my mother. My, my mother told me stupid. I was shaking because I was mad. I was disgusted. And then, and I said, so how did you get him? He said, I set a trap. I hid a camera around the house i read just tiny cameras around the house i don't know i got this idea from the internet so i bought this mini cam that is bluetooth they say and you can connect it to your phone so i set it in the house after investigating and finding out that it usually is either in the living room or in the my daughter's room so i put it i put some in some strategic areas in, that, in your sister's room and I put one in the living room like a couple in the living room that day I went out as usual but this I didn't go far I was at if the neighbor's place you remember mama and Kechi I said yes so I was in the house I just went to visit her she didn't even know what I was doing so when I I kept checking it and I noticed him entering my daughter's room I left immediately. While watching it, I kept moving. And I caught him red-handed doing exactly that. And she was tr- crying and saying, leave me alone. And I heard him. I stood by the door and heard him telling her, if you tell your mommy, I'm going to kill you. Don't let your mommy know. I'll buy you chocolate. And I'll give you sweet. My mom was crying at this point. She was like, she's only five years old. Why did I bring this kind of cost to myself? My two daughters... I said, Mom, it's okay. It's okay. God saw me through it. Thank God I met this wonderful lady here. Casey has been wonderful to me. She's the one that took care of me. And she has been feeding me and clothing me, even when with the pregnancy and everything. And my mom just kept thanking her. God will bless you. God will multiply you. You will have many children. I wanted to tell mom, like, mom, don't go there, but 
Okay, she just uh, she just kept saying amen and smiling. So I kept quiet. Anyway, after staying, my mom, Casey convinced mom to stay a few more days. You know, just to just move back to Abuja immediately. You know, she should stay like a day or two with my siblings. Let's just make it a vacation. My mom said, are you sure? Said, no, there's, an, there's enough room in this flat now. It's a three-bedroom flat. I am. We only stay, we're only two of us here. It's going to be very lonely when you guys go. We're just laughing. But I'm like, mom, I got admission in Uni Abuja, coincidentally. That was when I have to write to post GME in a couple of weeks. So I'll come back to Abuja after I, st- you know, I go back home and settle in. So it was agreed that when I come back, I'll be leaving, I'll be studying in Abuja. I'm going to school from Casey's house. Casey offered. I didn't need to buy, get an accommodation. I already have one. I was happy with it. And, you know, we made a vacation of it and we continued our life. And I went back home to Lagos with my mom and my younger sibling. But Casey became more like a a big sister that I never had. In fact, we all became, we just turned into some kind of family, you know. It was like she was part of us. Whenever she comes to Lagos, she's at our place. Even when I started school, I was going from her place. Everything just turned out right. And one thing I never stopped doing is praying. That one day she will find her own happiness. She will find that man that will love her despite everything. You know, that she'll be happy. But for now, I'm just taking life easy and prepping for school. And, well, I'm very glad that Kingsley is behind bars now, you know, paying for his crime. And I hope he rots there. You know, but that's my life. That's the story of my life. Thank you for listening. Oh, guys, if you want to conclude, uh, this story is going to be uh, like a sequence or a series. The concluding or part of the concluding part of Casey's story will be coming in another episode. So make sure you follow like and comment just let me know what you think about the stories so far thank you for listening